This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this second day of fall 2022. Boy, it got chilly last night. We were down in the low 40s. Had to kick the heater on last night. Hey, we're in fall now. Change of the seasons in the greatest nation on God's green earth. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast this morning. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can run over to AffirmAmerica.com. Put in your email address. We'll notify you when a new episode comes out. These are your top five headlines for this Friday, September 23rd. Headline number five. Postal Service surveilled protesters with pro-gun, anti-Biden agendas. The U.S. Postal Service monitored protesters across the country snooping on Americans focused on issues involving guns and President Biden's election, according to records obtained by the Washington Times. Postal inspectors tracked the actions of gun rights activists gathering in Richmond, Virginia, people preparing to demonstrate against police in Louisville, Kentucky, after an investigation into the police shooting of Breonna Taylor and far-right groups headed to the District of Columbia after Mr. Biden's election. Cato Institute senior fellow Patrick Eddington obtained the heavily redacted records detailing the postal inspectors spying from September 2020 through April 2021, including through covert social media surveillance called the Internet Covert Operations Program, ICOP. The records provide a rare glimpse into the breadth and depth of the Postal Service's surveillance apparatus, which Mr. Eddington said was capable of reaching into every home and business in the country. The Postal Service cannot readily deliver mail to my own home, yet they can find the money and people to effectively digitally spy at scale, including on Americans engaged in First Amendment protected activities, Mr. Eddington said. A redacted Situational Awareness Bulletin released in response to Mr. Eddington's Freedom of Information Act request showed the U.S. Postal Inspection Service tracked peaceful armed protesters by Virginians demonstrating at a Second Amendment rally for Lobby Day in Richmond on January 18, 2021. Okay, so this is just more of uh, government surveillance. This is what... China does. This is what totalitarian nations do. They surveil their people. They use it against them. This is dangerous. That Not in America this should happen. So we really need to get to the bottom of this. This is why the midterms are so important in just 48 days from now, because we need to put checks and balances on the government. They can't be singling out or targeting individual groups for the purpose of surveillance or targeting political groups. I could understand for safety reasons, but when it comes down to specifics and targeting those individuals, then it's a problem. So hopefully uh, 
after the midterms beginning next year, we can get into some committee hearings uh, led by Jim Jordan and some of the congressional leaders and find out exactly what's going on because we know that this has been happening. The FBI has been weaponized and politicized as well as the DOJ. And we just need to get to the bottom of it. It's, it's a First Amendment, Second Amendment rights, and this needs to happen after the midterms. All right, headline number four. Republican senator looking to force vote to end pandemic following Biden's statement. From the Wall Street Journal, a Republican senator is moving to force a vote on ending the year-long national emergency declaration on COVID-19, pointing to recent comments by President Biden that the pandemic is over. With just a month to go until the midterm elections, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas on Thursday introduced a privileged resolution that calls for a vote to end the emergency declaration first declared in March 2020 by then-President Trump. Declaring an emergency allows the White House to use the National Emergencies Act to activate special executive powers, Mr. Biden said in an interview with CBS's 60 Minutes on Sunday that the pandemic is over, though he acknowledged that we still have a problem with COVID. The comments came as his administration has asked Congress for billions of dollars for more funding for testing programs, clinical trials, and research, and continues to keep the country under a national emergency declaration. From the Washington Examiner, last month Biden unveiled a plan to forgive large swaths of student loan debt for millions. The legal underpinnings of the plan stem from the 2003 HEROES Act, which gives the government authority to forgive student loans during national emergencies and war. Biden's student loan alleviation plan is estimated to cost roughly $240 billion over the next 10 years and will clear up to $10,000 of federal student loans from borrowers with $125,000 or less in annual income and up to $20,000 for borrowers who received Pell Grants. Okay, this is a smart move by the Republican senator, I think, to end the Emergencies Act. This is a a very dangerous act. It should be ended. It's control over the people and how uh, the Democrats can use it to gain more power, more control over the American people. It's a very dangerous act. I can understand in the early days of the pandemic the need for it, but we're far beyond that now. We're We're out of the pandemic. Sure, it's a problem, but... We have more people dying in car accidents than we do from the COVID virus every year or heart disease or cancer. So we need to end the Emergencies Act. It's finished. It's done. Get rid of it. Throw it out. And let's move on to something new after these midterms. So again, end the the Emergencies Act that Joe Biden initiated. All right, headline number three. Chicago mayor lashes out at McDonald's CEO for claiming crime as reason for businesses leaving the city. From Fox News, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot fired back at the CEO of McDonald's after he highlighted the difficulty rising crime in the city has caused for his business, telling him he needs to educate himself on the matter. I think what would have been helpful is for the McDonald's CEO to educate himself before he spoke, the Chicago Democrat said during a media availability on Tuesday. McDonald's CEO Chris Kempzinski warned in a speech at the Economic Club of Chicago luncheon last week that it was time to face facts. 
and acknowledge that companies have been leaving the city over the past year due to in part to rising crime. From the Daily Caller, total violent crime complaints are up 37% over the last 12 months, according to Chicago Police Department crime stats. The Chicago crime rate is 3,926 per 100,000 people, which is 67% higher than the national average. Okay, so just more and more uh, we're seeing these th- this situation in democratically run cities. The governor of, uh, or the, the mayor of Chicago is obviously uh, brain dead when it comes to the statistics and not realizing that her actions and her policies are creating these problems for businesses. And for her to deny it is just uh, shows how much she's out of touch. And if uh, you live in a democratic city, you're going to see higher crime. You're going to see more and more people leaving, more businesses checking out. States like California, you can see what's happening there. And Chicago, the same thing. People are running from there. And New York, they're moving to Florida. And these are the direct results of Democratic-run cities. They're defund the police, their ideologies, their far-left ideologies, their wokeism. These are things that need to be addressed. They need to be approached. They need to be denied. And we need to stand up and push back. All right, headline number two. Stacey Abrams claims sound of fetal heartbeat at six weeks is manufactured. From Fox News, Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams said Wednesday there is no such thing as a fetal heartbeat at six weeks of gestation. At an event at the Ray Charles Performing Arts Center in Atlanta, Abrams claimed that the sound of such fetal heartbeats is manufactured by men seeking to take control of women. The Georgia legislation known as the Living Infants Fairness and Equality Life Act, or heartbeat bill, bans abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected sometimes as early as six weeks. RNC Research. Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams, there is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. Now, if you don't believe this, let's listen to Stacey Abrams in her own words. There is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Okay, so there you go. That's what you get with uh, Stacey Abrams. She has uh, obviously a mental issue because uh, she's very paranoid. Something's uh, out of whack with this person to make this kind of a claim that it's manufactured sound to control women just shows us how radical this woman is in Georgia. She should never be elected into any type of public office because she's not fit for office with those kind of thinking ideas. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. And uh, it just shows you how far left the Democratic Party has lurched. And this is uh, more evidence exactly how radical the Democrats have become. All right, headline number one. No more mom and dad Air Force Academy pushes woke training on cadets. Fox News, a diversity and inclusion training by the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado instructs cadets to use words that include all genders and to refrain from saying things like mom and dad. 
the slide presentation titled Diversity and Inclusion, What It Is, Why We Care, and What We Can Do, obtained by Fox News, advises cadets to use person-centered and gender-neutral language when describing individuals. From the Daily Mail, an Air Force Academy spokesperson said in a statement that the training is to help prepare cadets to for any and all future conflict. As part of the Diversity and Inclusion Cadet Leadership Program, this conversation was developed by cadet leaders and the USAFA staff to introduce all cadets to Department of the Air Force definitions of diversity and inclusion, as well as how these concepts enhance our warfighting effectiveness, the spokesman said. Okay, so this is what we're up against, folks. This is... Uh, this is dangerous. This is now within our military, this woke, this diversity and inclusion crap that's been promoted now in our military and explaining that this is going to enhance our warfighting capabilities. Please, it's going to do nothing but create weak soldiers. It's dividing us along these racial and gender lines, which has no business in the military. And if anybody has spoken with someone that has served, they don't think about those things. Everybody is working together as a team already. It's not an issue. And if it is, it's in the minds of those who are creating these inclusion and equality programs. So I don't know what to say, but uh, the more this continues to spread, those of us that are aware of what's going on need to speak out and stand up because it's not going to end correctly in the future if we continue to go down this road. So be aware of it. That's what the Air Force is now teaching and training. And those that are part of the Air Force, they need to also stand up and really challenge it. And I understand that's very difficult being in the military, but we can't just sit around and take this without standing up and making a stance. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Friday, September 23rd, 2022. Again, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. We'll see you next week. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.